Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From The New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. A Times investigation finds three decades of sexual harassment allegations against the Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein. In response to the reporting, Weinstein released a statement. I realized some time ago that I needed to be a better person. Though I'm trying to do better, I know I have a long way to go. It's Friday, October 6th. On Thursday afternoon, shortly after their investigation was published, my colleagues Megan Tui and Jody Cantor sat down in the studio to discuss their reporting. Well, I think the question we really started with was, what are the big untold stories of sexual harassment? Fox News host Bill O'Reilly faces questions this morning after new details emerge about harassment allegations. In the past year alone, we've done reporting on Bill O'Reilly's allegations of sexual harassment at Fox. A New York Times investigation found that five women received a total of $13 million in payouts. The same kinds of stories coming out of Silicon Valley. More than two dozen women entrepreneurs recently spoke to the New York Times about being sexually harassed by investors. And where female entrepreneurs were allegedly pressured by investors. So we began looking around and we started hearing rumors over and over again about Harvey Weinstein. And here are the nominees for Best Picture of the Year. Harvey Weinstein is a giant figure in Hollywood. He started Miramax. He's the founder of the Weinstein Company. Gangs of New York, Alberto Grimaldi and Harvey Weinstein producers. He has started the career of major star after major star. He has collected Oscars over the years. Chicago! He's done movies from Chicago to Lord of the Rings. To Pulp Fiction. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? He helped create Oscar and red carpet and Golden Globe culture as we know it. And think about the careers he started. Do you like apples? I mean, he made Matt Damon and Ben Affleck stars in films like Goodwill Hunting. How do you like them apples? <laughs> so this is somebody who's enjoyed enormous cultural respect and cachet 
for years and years and years. And as we were reporting the story, the question we were asking is, okay, are these just like old rumors Mm -hmm. that have been shuffling around Hollywood forever with no basis in reality? Or are these real allegations with real people behind them? And and what are their stories? And can we find them? So this is a man that you have been, both of you, investigating for months. Megan, give us a summary of what you two found. So months into the reporting, uh, we were able to piece together what looked like a long pattern of allegations of sexual misconduct and harassment by Mr. Weinstein. There were uh, allegations stretching back to 1990. There were actresses um, who had encounters with him in hotel rooms. There were assistants and other junior executives at his company who shared stories with us. And there weren't just allegations that we were looking at. We also found evidence of a pattern of settlements that he had struck with women following complaints of sexual harassment and other over-the-line behavior. We are still sort of sorting through exactly how many settlements have been paid. Uh, As of right now, we have been told that there are at least eight going back to 1990, and we were able to piece together evidence of five of those. To the man who calls himself Casanova. And in our reporting, one of the cases we turned up is about the actress Ashley Judd. I broke your rules. Just me. Who was filming the movie Kiss the Girls in the late 90s when she had an encounter with Mr. Weinstein. So if you're looking for someone to blame, blame me. So the way Ashley Judd tells the story is that about 20 years ago, Uh, She had a breakfast appointment with Harvey Weinstein at the Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills. So she shows up, she goes to the front desk, and she's very surprised to learn that the meeting is actually in his room. But she wants to go. Yeah, it's in his hotel room. But remember that, first of all, Miramax is at the height of its powers. And so this is a big work appointment for her. And then the second thing is that it's pretty early in the morning. So she went up, and the way she tells it, Harvey Weinstein was in his bathrobe. And he starts making her a kind of series of offers, you know, starting with, you look so tired, you've been shooting all night, can I please give you a massage? Mm -hmm. And she said that she said no. And then she said, he said, well, can I at least rub your neck? And she said, she said no. And then the way she describes it, he kind of like moved her to the, first he stopped in the closet and said, will you help me pick out a suit for tomorrow? And she moved away and then he moved her towards the bathroom. And and according to Ashley, he said, will you at least watch me take a shower? So Ashley had this great quote to us where she said, You know, I was trying to figure out how to get out of there as fast as possible without alienating Mr. Weinstein. And she finally said no, and she got out of there pretty quickly. But what is just really remarkable is the commonality of the allegations. Ashley Judd had this incident at the Peninsula Hotel 20 years ago, but in our reporting, we found two other incidents set at the Peninsula Hotel very recently. One of the women we spoke to is named Laura Madden. She lives in the UK. She was eventually an assistant in the London office, but she started off as a Mm. production assistant on a movie. And she really wanted to work in the film business. So when she walked into 
Harvey Weinstein's hotel room as she tells mm-hmm. the story. And he wanted to give her a massage, she says. She felt incredibly uncomfortable. She felt like a job was on the line. She felt like she wasn't sure career. what to do. Some of the other women from that office say, you know, we were so young at the time. These were our first jobs out of college. We kind of like barely knew what was normal and not normal, which is, by the way, a good question because this behavior is strangely accepted in Hollywood. In doing these interviews, we were really struck by the kind of normalization of things that did not seem Mm. normal to us. Like former assistants would talk about how they had to work out of Harvey Weinstein's hotel room and how he was often naked or very barely dressed at the time. And some, we talked to other people who were like, oh yeah, you know, that's how it is. You know, that's what working for him means. So Megan, did any of these women try to say anything to the company or to confront Harvey Weinstein? There was a pretty strict code of silence at the Weinstein company. Everybody who worked there had to, as a condition of their employment, sign uh, an agreement that they wouldn't disparage the company or you know, damage any anybody's personal reputation um, you know, as a condition of, of their employment. However, in our reporting, there are a couple of really interesting women who show up who did decide to take a stand One of them is Zelda Perkins. Uh, Zelda Perkins was a 20-something assistant in the London office in the 1990s. Her colleagues describe her being uh, the target of uh, some sexual harassment by Weinstein, inappropriate comments, uh, problems in hotel rooms, et cetera, et cetera. And they say that she was getting more and more fed up. And then, But she wasn't just concerned for herself. She was also very concerned on behalf of other women, one colleague in particular. And so she told Harvey Weinstein that he had to change his ways. She threatened legal action. She said she was going to go public. And how did he respond? Well, Miramax dispatched a lawyer to negotiate uh, with her in London. And she ended up taking a settlement. So actually, Zelda Perkins could not comment for our article because she signed papers and because she received financial compensation. She really could not ever talk about it with other people again. But I know something of a woman in a man's profession. Yes, by God, I do know about that. And the Oscar goes to... Just a couple of months after that settlement, he wins a whole armload of Oscars. Shakespeare in Love. And then shortly after that, he actually gets a Commander of the British Empire Award, which is just a few steps short of a knighthood. I don't know. We made this movie. This is a movie about life and art, and art and life combining is called magic. For me, this was a great experience, a passion for five years. And nobody inspires me more than my brother, Bob, who is my partner and best friend every day. My loving wife, Eve, my two rotten kids, Lily and Emma. <laughs> my beautiful nieces, Sarah and Nicole. <laughs> and my mom, Miriam, the Miriam of Miramax, who makes Jewish mothers look good. Okay, and the rest of this So fast forward to 2015, you're in New York, the Weinstein Company uh, headquarters, the main office, and there was in November 3rd, a young uh, female employee uh, sent a pretty searing 
memo to a top executive spelling out just allegation after allegation of sexual harassment and other misconduct by Harvey Weinstein, not just towards her, but towards other women in the office. And it sort of landed like a bomb. So Jody, tell me about the memo and who wrote it. So Lauren O'Connor was a 28-year-old junior executive. And actually, we spoke to Harvey Weinstein about her, and he was very complimentary. He said that she was a star. He said that she was a really great employee. And what she did is that she put everything down on paper. She wrote this memo that is very long and very detailed, and it had dates, and it had specific examples. I'll read to you um, one anecdote that really stands out. Okay. I am a 28-year-old woman trying to make a living and a career. Harvey Weinstein is a 64-year-old world-famous man, and this is his company. The balance of power is me, zero. Harvey Weinstein, 10. What she says at the beginning of the memo is that After leaving Harvey's hotel room, my colleague came to my room crying and very distraught. When I asked what was wrong, she told me Harvey made her give him a massage while he was naked. She told me she offered to have the hotel call a masseuse, to which he told her not to be silly. She could just do it. She said she didn't want to and didn't feel comfortable. My colleague told me she was badgered by Harvey until she agreed to give him a massage. We've been talking about decades here in Harvey Weinstein's career. While all of these incidents are happening to these employees and to some of the actresses that he's been dealing with in these hotel rooms, what's happening to his brand in Hollywood? To give you an idea of Harvey Weinstein's power at the peak of his power, he would go to the Clinton White House and he would screen his new movies there. Mm. He's also been kind of one of the power brokers of New York. He has a long and close relationship with Hillary Clinton. And Malia Obama was even his intern recently. Mm. You're starting to hint at this. In addition to being a icon of film, Weinstein has been, at least from a distance, a liberal crusader and somebody who is seen as championing women in film and in politics, right? I, I think it's mixed. If you look at... Pulp Fiction or Goodwill Hunting or Reservoir Dogs, those are mostly men who are in the foreground of those movies. But it's true that he has been known as a liberal champion, including to some degree for women. You know, the prejudice against women and the progress that people made on climate control, all of that starting to be peeled away. Um, He's championed women like Meryl Streep. Judi Dench recently told Mm -hmm. the Times that she's got a tattoo of H.W. Harvey Weinstein on her butt because she's so grateful to him. Oprah said to me, you know, that story about you and Judy, you know, with the, uh, you know, tattoo on her butt, that's complete fiction, isn't it? I go, Judy, do you have my name on your your name? Can you show Oprah? Swear to God, you mean at no. the BAFTAs, as we're walking in, she unbuckles her pants and she had HW stenciled on her butt. <laughs> Swear to God, Oprah Winfrey went. <laughs> and even in the last couple of years, during the period we reported on when it turns out a, a lot of alleged recent incidents took place, he was helping distribute this movie, The Hunting Ground, uh, which is a documentary about campus sexual assault. He made a donation to a faculty chair in Gloria Steinem's name recently at Rutgers. He showed up at the Women's March at Sundance last January in Park City, Utah. Hmm. 
I think the tough question for both Hollywood and New York, these two centers of liberalism, is what's tolerated on the left very quietly? Mm -hmm. What do you do when you hear an unpleasant rumor about somebody and you don't know whether it's true or not? Did people look away? I think it's a legitimate question. When you look at sexual harassment allegations on this scale, I think you have to ask the complicity question. Complicity meaning were others around him aware Did they enable? Did they stay silent? Who protected the women and who protected Harvey? Earlier in the week, both of you spoke to Harvey Weinstein directly, and you gave him an opportunity to respond to your reporting. What did he say, Megan? Harvey Weinstein was aware that we were working on this story you know, for months, and he sort of assembled a legal team to, mm-hmm. to handle us. And uh, so how anyway— big, How big a legal team? Oh, it's— It's, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. <laughs> it's pretty big. There have been days where it's just hard to really kind of keep track of the cast of characters that we're working with on his end. And then finally today you know, issued these pretty remarkable statements. Megan, would you read that statement for us? Sure. So this came in at about 1.30 today, I believe. And it says, I came of age in the 60s and 70s when all the rules about behavior and workplaces were different. That was the culture then. I have since learned it's not an excuse in the office or out of it to anyone. I realized some time ago that I needed to be a better person and my interactions with the people I work with have changed. I appreciate the way I've behaved with colleagues in the past has caused a lot of pain, and I sincerely apologize for it. Though I'm trying to do better, I know I have a long way to go. That is my commitment. My journey now will be to learn about myself and conquer my demons. Over the last year, I've asked Lisa Bloom, who has worked with um, victims of sexual assault Mm -hmm. and sexual harassment over the years, to tutor me, and she's put together a team of people. I've brought on therapists, and I plan to take a leave of absence from my company and to deal with this issue head on. I so respect all women and regret what happened. I hope that my actions will speak louder than words and that one day we will be able to earn their trust and sit down together with Lisa to learn more. That's quite a statement, and it's not often that we hear men in these cases, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jody, rather than denying the charges and casting doubt on the women, which is the traditional pattern, this basically seems to say, it happened and I'm sorry. So what do you make of that? Well, as a reporter who's also been on the phone with him a lot, I'd say that our our interactions and the tone we got from him are slightly more complicated. On the one hand, we take this... Yeah, so on the one hand, we have to take the statement seriously, right? Because at the end of the day, when it came time to write a statement for the New York Times, this is what he wrote. Mm -hmm. And so that has a a special weight that we want to acknowledge. But on the other hand, his tone in these phone calls varied enormously. If you could picture sort of a piano and, you know, denial is on the left side and apology is on the right side, I'd say he played pretty much every key Mm -hmm. In between, And he kept going back and forth. So during the process, we kept saying to ourselves, where is he finally going to land? We started by talking about the fact that rumors of Harvey Weinstein's behavior have been circulating for years. And I've seen on social media 
lots of prominent women saying, finally, this is coming out from your reporting. How have you made sense of the fact that this seems to have been a kind of open secret in Hollywood, at least among some women? When we would call women, sometimes the first response was, I've been waiting for this phone call Mm. for years. And then the second question was, why didn't anybody make this stop? And it really is a million-dollar question. But in other conversations that we had over the course of these many months in our reporting, there were so many women who were scared to speak out even now. Well, yes, Harvey Weinstein is not as powerful in Hollywood as he once was, but he's still really powerful. And anybody who wants to work in the entertainment industry you know, really feared retribution if they, uh, you know, if they spoke out. What many women have told us is that this was the kind of thing they talked about with their girlfriends. They didn't feel safe talking about it publicly. Some women still don't feel safe talking about it publicly. You know, we were trying to convince them to tell their stories. And some of them were like, why is it my job? Mm. And, And that is in some ways a very fair answer. And so, you know, Ashley Judd said it very well. She said, we women have been talking amongst ourselves about Harvey Weinstein for a long time. And now we're trying to turn it into a public conversation. Megan and Jody, thank you both very much for this reporting. Thanks for having us. In his statement on Thursday afternoon, Harvey Weinstein said in taking a leave of absence, he would need a place to channel his anger. And so, quote, I've decided that I'm going to give the NRA my full attention. He joked that he hoped to host retirement parties for the head of the NRA and President Trump, and that he would be organizing a foundation, which he said he'd been planning for a year, to give scholarships to women directors. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, Wampley pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Wampley has helped one million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Wampley helps small businesses thrive. Visit Wampley.com to learn more. Here's what else you need to know today. The NRA is breaking with years of opposition to gun control by endorsing tighter restrictions on bump stocks, a device that allows a semi-automatic weapon to fire bullets as fast as an automatic weapon. More than a dozen Republican members of Congress, including House Speaker Paul Ryan, now say they are open to supporting such regulation after it was revealed that Stephen Paddock, the gunman who killed 58 people in Las Vegas, had equipped 12 of his rifles with bump stocks. Look, I don't even know what they were at until this week, and I'm an avid sportsman. So I think we're quickly coming up to speed with what this is. Uh, Fully automatic weapons have been banned for a long time. Apparently this allows you to take a semi-automatic, turn it into fully automatic, so clearly that's something we need to look into. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders 
said President Trump welcomed the NRA's position. And I think the bigger point here, we're open to having that conversation. We think that we should have that conversation and we want to be part of it moving forward. The Daily is produced by Theo Balcom, Lindsay Garrison, Rachel Quester, Annie Brown, Andy Mills, Christopher Wirth, and Ike Sreese Kandaraja, with editing help from Larissa Anderson. Lisa Tobin is our executive producer. Samantha Hennig is our editorial director. Brad Fisher is our technical manager. Our theme music is by Jim Brunberg and Ben Landsberg of Wonderly. Special thanks to Peter Sale, Sam Dolnick, and Michaela Bouchard. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you Monday. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com daily. netsuite.com daily.